it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. My goodness gracious. It's time for your SmackDown study. And this is your SmackDown study for July 16th, 2021. Crowds are back, boys and girls. And oh, dear Lord, did it add that extra bit that we all have been missing I believe they said it's been 70 weeks since we've had crowds in the stands outside of WrestleMania. And I'll say it, this was the best SmackDown that I have seen with everything. The matches, the crowd interaction, they were hot the whole two hours. This is the best SmackDown I've seen in quite a long time. During the first hour, I got Attitude Era vibes from the crowd reaction. Now, I know that eventually it's it's going to wane a little bit because that's just what happens, but tonight just felt special. It was... I had chills for at least the first 10, 15 minutes of the show. It's just... The crowds just add so much and it's been sorely missed and the crazy thing is the smackdown has been so consistent and so good throughout the pretty much the entire pandemic era but tonight tonight was just magic and i put a poll out there after the show um, asking people's opinions, you know, uh, grading it from, you know, A to F on how you guys thought the show was. And when I checked before I started recording, I had 11 votes already, 10 of which said it was an A. So I'm glad that I'm not alone in how I feel about this show. And so please, guys, go, after you listen to this, go vote. Let me know what you guys thought of SmackDown. If you didn't get a chance to watch it, I feel like you missed out on something special. This is the first night of four straight nights of wrestling. You had SmackDown tonight, tomorrow you have Slammiversary for for those of you who are Impact fans. Then you have Money in the Bank on Sunday and then Raw, the first Raw with fans in probably the same 70 weeks. And, man, 
These fans, we need to bring it. Texas, you need to do it. You need to bring it. I love. I absolutely loved tonight. And I know I don't. I, I normally don't go on and on about how I feel about the show so so quickly in the beginning of the show, but it literally felt like this show lasted ten minutes because it just flew. It was just so enjoyable. The crowd was on fire the whole night, and just. The matches were great. The reactions of the wrestlers to the crowd. Surprise returns. It's just... What a time to be a wrestling fan. (laughs) What a time. But all right. Let's get into the show. And let's talk about this wonderful evening. So, show kicks off with a beautiful sellout. 14,000 plus strong in Houston, Texas. And Vince McMahon himself comes out. Adulation of the crowd. Crowd going insane. Has this mic. It just looks at the fans and goes, where the hell have you been? Turns around and walks away. He just, it's just Vince. It's Vince being Vince. It was great. What a way. Uh, what a fantastic way to start the show. We then had Roman and the Usos come out with Paul Heyman because, ladies and gentlemen, we kicking things off right off with a six-man tag match. Roman and the Usos taking on the Mysterios and Edge. And I'll tell you, the pop that we got from the Mysterios, I was like, all right, good. We're getting some good pops already. Roman's was a, a bit of a mixed bag, and then it turned – Pretty heelish. It was a lot of booze towards the end. They didn't do an entrance for the Usos. They just came out with Roman. So I don't know if that's tied into what's been going on with Jimmy or if they just decided to have Roman just be the obviously the head head of the table dominating force of the team. So he's the only one who gets the theme song. But I'll tell you, when Edge, when his music hit, now, you have to remember, the last time WWE was in Houston was when we had the Royal Rumble two years ago. And if y'all remember how Edge's pop was back then, I would say it was pretty close to the same tonight. Woo. You, we, we got major reactions from both Pat and Michael Cole when the crowd started going absolutely apeshit for Edge, it was it was great. Edge ate it up. He's rooting on the crowd, and it's just oh, it was great. Uh, that right there just set the whole tone for the night. I was like, all right, this is great. We got pops already. The ma- we haven't even the match hasn't even started yet, and I'm already jazzed up, ready to go. Feel like I could run a marathon after that, just from the adrenaline from the crowd. Ugh, I can't wait to be back in the stands one day, just being able to feel that energy from people. Oh, it's gonna be a great time. I can't wait. So the match itself, some good stuff. Some good stuff. The Usos, well, actually, you should say Jay Uso, getting the victory over Rey Mysterio after some shenanigans happening on the outside. So they actually did add a match. So Sam actually was able to give me his 
um, Money in the Bank picks. We did it last night on our Above the Ring episode 98, Slammiversary in the Bank. If you guys haven't listened to it, I know it's a long episode, but please, please give it a listen. It was a great, great, great time. Uh, and I'm very excited to see how this rest of this weekend goes. But they added a match, kind of like what I expected. The Usos now will be taking on the Mysterios during the kickoff show for those SmackDown Tag Team titles. I have a feeling that the Bloodline is going to have all the titles by the time, well, we'll have the Universal and Tag titles by the end of the night. Should be, should be good. Um, but after the match, more chaos ensued. Edge getting involved with a steel chair. Roman able to hit him with the Superman punch. And then, this is where things got a little interesting. Roman breaks off that piece of the chair that Edge has been doing recently, putting all of them in the cross face with the bar across their, you know, across their mouth and across, uh, you know, pulling their, their, (laughs) their faces off essentially. Roman decides he wants to do the same thing, but he has one mistake. Takes a little too long to do it. And edge hits him with a spear, takes that metal piece and does it right back to Roman. And this time Roman taps It's only the second time he's tapped out unofficially. (laughs) First time he did it with Daniel Bryan. And man, what a, what a, what a great way that feud ended. Now we get the same thing going on with Edge. And Edge has all the momentum going into Money in the Bank, which, as you all know, (laughs) means that he has absolutely no chance of winning come. Sunday. But you never know. I've been wrong before, but I just have a feeling it's going to be a great match, but I think Roman's going to come out on top. After that, he was interviewed. Uh, Edge was in the back by Kayla Braxton, who was then interrupted by everybody's favorite laugh from Seth Rollins. Once again, the Drip Master has arrived in the suit that he was wearing tonight. Another just... mm, Chef's kiss, just magical. Telling Edge that he has no chance in hell of winning on Sunday, but he's rooting for him because after Seth self-proclaimed, go up and win the money in the bank, he'd love to cash in on Edge. One uh, ultimate opportunist to another, essentially. So that should be... That should be great. And one thing I loved so much, continuity, folks. Rollins made the reference to the next situation that he had Edge in all those years ago. And Rollins saying he's going to finish what he started back then. And I think, for me, popped me the most out of anything that happened tonight. <laughs> I I am a stickler for continuity in wrestling and the fact that he brought that up just made just made it for me. It was I love it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Will it happen? Absolutely not. But just the fact that they brought it up was just fantastic. 
After that, we had Sami Zayn come out, crowd eating it up. Sammy actually playing like he has, you know, friends in the stands. And then Sammy does what Sammy does best. Quick he'll turn on the fans, talk about how Texas doesn't care about him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then holy shit, we get our surprise return. The prince himself, Finn Balor, the Balor Club, has returned to the main roster. And thank the Lord, he's on SmackDown. Oh, Finn comes out. Sammy's like, oh, of course you're here. And then he makes the biggest mistake of his life and tries to attack Finn. Finn just demolishes him and throws him to the side. Now, whether this turns into a a feud, it doesn't matter to me. I'm very excited. I'm very happy to have Finn back on the main roster. He did everything he could possibly do in NXT, and he did it beautifully. It was time for him to come back up, and I was hoping that he would go to SmackDown, and he did. So now, I I don't have as as much fear as I did for for Finn coming back because. I was worried if he was going to show up on on Raw. But I believe on SmackDown, he's going to be perfectly fine. After that, we had women's tag team action. It was a rematch of last week where Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart took on the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Tamina and Natalia. And, of course, a commentary. They had the other two ladies who are in the SmackDown side of the Money in the Bank match. You had Selena Vega on one side and Liv Morgan on the other. Now, it's funny enough, with Zelina being from New York, Liv being from New Jersey, the two of them bickered throughout this entire tag team match. It was absolutely hysterical. It ended up with them having a brawl on the outside. Liv gets thrown in the ring. She she makes her escape, does this dive off of the steel steps, and Zelina's head smashes against the against the ground. It looks pretty rough. <laughs> uh, but they just kept on going. And of course, this distracts Natalia, who Tegan Knox then takes advantage of, rolls her up, gets the pin. So two weeks in a row. Both members of uh, Shotzi and Knox get the pin on Natalia. So, looks like the two girls from NXT are going to have themselves a SmackDown or a women's tag team title match at some point down the line. Hopefully, it'll be sooner rather than later. Um, I have a feeling that. Quite possibly, Natalia and Tamina could implode come Sunday. With the fact that both of them are in the Money in the Bank match, I have a feeling we're going to get some one-on-one between the two of them at some point. So, we'll see what happens. And, folks, that was just the first hour of the show. And I was just uh, riding such a high. I was like, all right, let's see what the second half has to, has to, uh, to bring us. And it started off... 
with the SmackDown Women's Championship match between Carmella and Bianca Belair. And Bianca getting a huge pop. You love to see it. Carmella tried as hard as she could, but unfortunately it was not enough. Bianca, once again using her hair as a whip, then delivers the KOD to Carmella and gets the 1-2-3 to retain her SmackDown Women's Championship. And then after that, we ended up getting another vignette for Tony Storm. She'll be making her SmackDown debut next week. I'm very much looking forward to that. We then shifted gears. We had ourselves a singles match between Otis with Chad Gable taking on Cesaro. We had a little scrum in the back between Otis and Cesaro uh, with Otis taking the advantage with some shots to the gut. And Cesaro showed, he showed it towards the beginning of the match. Match went on, Cesaro started to take control. Gable got involved and delivered one hell of a high-angled German suplex to cause the disqualification. Uh, but he pays for it dearly as Cesaro puts him in the Cesaro swing. However, that didn't last too long as Otis took out Cesaro, dropping that huge splash on him from the second rope, that Vader bomb of death. And Swiss is in trouble. I, I didn't know I needed this feud until it happened tonight. So we're going to have Otis with Gable going against Cesaro for a little while. I, I, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. After that... Yeah, the sad part of the show. Baron Corbin, our former king, comes to the ring and talks about how he's he's lost everything at this point. And he's getting to the point now where, you know, he had to let go of his maids and let go of his butlers. And now, with him not being able to pay his bills, he might have to move into his wife's, you know, in-law's house and, you know, or his wife's parents' house, his in-laws' house, and it's tough times for the former king. And uh, he uh, lets us know that he has a Corbin fund that he's starting up. That he's asking for your help. He needs one hundred thousand dollars so he can pay some bills. Uh, if you go to CorbinFund.com, you can donate there. However, unfortunately, when I went to the website before recording this tonight, it looks like. The overwhelming support has crashed the payment section of the website. So Corbin is is appreciative of everybody who's wanting to help. But for now, we'll just continue to give him our support and be able to you know contribute to his fund at a later date. Not going to lie, that was some of the greatest sh- shit that I've seen. I love the fact that He's just completely nosedived since losing his crown to Nakamura. It's going to work beautifully once he turns to a face. He still has the heelish qualities because he tried to explain things to Kevin Owens, who ended up coming out before the Fatal 4-Way event. And while KO didn't take too kindly to some of the stuff that Corbin had to say and delivers a stunner to end that, little section of the show. The most hilarious part, though, the what chance came back 
when Corbin was talking. I laughed so hard. People on the internet were so mad. They're like, hey, she's supposed to be dead. And I'm like, no. You embrace those what chance because they will never die. As long as Stone Cold Steve Austin still has breath in his body, the what chance will live forever. So just accept it. Just accept it. <laughs> but as I was speaking, that fatal four-way between all the SmackDown men's side of the Money in the Bank match, it's Kevin Owens versus Big E versus uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins. And the crowd sang to Nakamura's theme, which brought a tear to my eye. It's been so long. I loved it. Oh, it so good. And uh, we started things off hot and heavy as everybody's flying around the ring and out of the ring. Biggie with a giant spear to Rollins, which they almost both tumbled into a, a ladder. KO decided he wanted to join the fun and does a flip over the top rope landing on Big E. And then Shinsuke on the on the apron decides to drop a giant knee and just we were off and running. Like this this match was was insane. It went by in like five minutes, or at least I felt like it did. It it was so much fun. Uh Kevin Owens ends up getting on a giant ladder towards the end of the match, drops a, an elbow drop on Shinsuke that exploded the table so hard it actually almost killed the cameraman. It hit the cameraman's legs, and he just tumbled, and the camera just went insane. It was it was ridiculous. What a shot. So that eliminates those two essentially from the match, and inside the ring, Rollins and Biggie had a ladder in there, and Rollins drops the curb stomp. Takes out Big E, gets the one, two, three, which in my eyes guarantees that Seth Rollins will not be winning Money in the Bank come Sunday. Because as we know, whoever gets that last leg up is not going to win the match. Nine times out of ten, that's essentially what happens. But the show ends with Rollins actually going up the ladder, taking out, uh, taking off the men's Money in the Bank briefcase, holding it high as the the crowd is going insane, and the show ends. But, man, like I said, what a show. What a show. Easily my favorite in, in quite a long time. Look forward to seeing what happens, like I said, the rest of this weekend. It's going to be insane. I just did a quick count again on our that, that poll that I, that I mentioned at the beginning. We're up to 32 votes as of right now. <laughs> 84.4% of the votes give it an A, 12.5% give, uh, give it a B, and 3.1% giving it a C, and none giving it a D or an F, because if they did, they're clearly trolling, because there's no way in hell that show is bad. <laughs> so please, guys, keep voting. The votings are up for 23 hours left. It's up until tomorrow at 10 p.m. I thank you so much for listening tonight. As you can tell, I'm very excited about what, what – what I just watched, and I hope that that continues the rest of this evening. We're going to try to play it a little interesting. I'm not sure what I'm going to do when it comes to Slammiversary and uh, for Money in the Bank for the post shows. Um, with Sam being away on assignment again, he may not be available for um, our ATR next week, so I might end up doing just a combo post show on Sunday night. We'll see. If you if we do 
you'll see a, a notification come Monday that the new episode is up. If not, then uh, we'll go from there. But we will be talking about everything that happens this week, or this weekend, I should say, these next four days of wrestling starting tonight. But guys, thank you so much. Like I said, if you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at media underscore bedlam. Our road to 5K followers is chugging along. We're less than 200 away. We'd love to get that 5K mark, that that milestone when we can move on to our next one. So, guys, please follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube as Bedlam Media. You can also find myself pretty much everywhere as Scotty G Stream, and you can find this podcast on pretty much every podcasting platform that's out there. If we're on a, uh, if we're not on a podcast platform that you listen to, let us know. We'll add ourselves to it. That way, you can do all your one-stop shopping and add a little bedlam to your day. Guys, once again, thank you so much for listening. We truly appreciate you. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy all the wrestling that's coming because, my goodness gracious. That 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 day of that first wave has come and gone. Slamversary on Saturday night should have some surprises. I'm looking forward to it. Guys, thank you again. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And most importantly, please do not forget to join the bedlam. Good night. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.